This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Michael Jr. uses comedy and dynamic storytelling to bring laughter and encouragement to audiences all over the world. He aims to inspire them to discover and activate their purpose. He's been featured on the stages of The Tonight Show on NBC, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Comedy Central, and he starred in the feature film Selfie Dad. He's a keynote speaker for TED Talks, and he hosts a podcast, and he just released a brand new book titled with the same name, Funny How Life Works. Michael, it's great to be with you. Yo, thanks so much for having me, man. It's awesome to have you here. Even though you got that beard, I'm cool with it. Yeah, man. Hey, listen, you're having a great hair day. I just have to say, well done. Yeah. Some people say that you've made it, that, that you got the dream job. You make people laugh for a living, right? Sign me up. Who doesn't want that job? But I'm sure that you know things that are less than glamorous, parts of being a comedian that are not so fun. What are some of the challenges that people may not think about that you have to deal with as a comedian? So I used to struggle with my reading as a child. Like I struggled a lot. I couldn't, I couldn't sound words out. And then as an adult, I actually graduated. I went to school in Michigan. I graduated reading almost at a fourth grade level. So I had to go to myself, test it. I was like, what's wrong with this? So what would happen in my mind is because I couldn't understand the words, my mind would scramble to figure out what words were. I'm talking about in, even in, in grade school because I didn't want my friends to know I was struggling with my reading. So my mind would be scrambling. I'd have to look at the words differently. I'd look at the font size, the color, the positioning, what's in front of it, what's behind it, how people responded to it. I came up with seven different ways to look at these words to figure out what they were. Now, as an adult, I read just fine, but I still have this ability to look at words and people and situations seven different ways almost immediately. In fact, it's the primary place that I pull my comedy from. So that very thing from my past, it looked like it was a handicap. It seemed as oh. if I was dealt a bad hand. God didn't cause it, but he was using it in preparation for what he asked me to do. So it's almost as if I was practicing, even though I didn't know necessarily that I was, I was practicing. So now when anything like that shows up, I always ask the question in the midst of it. I, I'll ask myself a question. I'm like, what is this coming up in me? Like if I'm upset about something, I'll ask, what is this coming up in me? And then I will go to God and be like, okay, God, you got to show me what this is. Like, what, what is that thing? Because so, so to answer your question, one of the things that, are, that used to be hard for me, but not nearly as much anymore, is when I first started doing comedy, I would be trying to get laughs from people for acceptance. Like that was a thing. And so if somebody didn't laugh, I wouldn't feel as accepted. But then after meeting Jesus and understanding what he did for me, my need for the acceptance of man did not disappear, but it dropped. It lowered significantly, like in a big way. Mm. So now it's, it's just... Now I'm just asking the question, well, well, what can I give? How can I serve? And some of the greatest lessons that I learned that I get to teach in the midst of my comedy is things like, like how to ask God that question. Like how do you, whenever you're feeling upset, it's never really, rarely are our issues horizontal. More times than not, it's a vertical thing where God is trying to show you something in a really cool way. I like how you talked about your reading disability in the beginning and how a setback like that can serve as a setup for mm -hmm. you actually becoming even more excellent in a certain category. Yes. I, I, I love that. 
Let me ask Absolutely. you. Let me ask you something else. You know, I'm, I'm in the entertainment industry as an actor. Um, I'm not funny like you are. In fact, I remember somebody said uh, to me one time because you know, back in the 1980s, I was on the sitcom, the Situation Comedy Show, uh, Growing Pains. Uh, it was not Family Ties, uh, like you had mentioned earlier. Uh, <laughs> growing Pains. Get that. Let's get that straight. Oh. But somebody said to me once when I was off the set, I met them in an airport, and they said, you know, they they, they said something to me, and I answered them with just sort of a, a normal answer, and they said, man, you're not you're not nearly as funny in real life as you are on TV, and right. I, and I thought like, right. I'm like. Or somebody else said to me, you know, uh, I pulled up at like a, at a Pollo Loco or something like that, and they said, well, it's good to see that we're not the only people who have aged. And I think, why, why, why do you say things like that? Do you, say, do you I mean, do you, do you say that to all your friends and to your family members? Let me ask you this. Do you, are you ever concerned that people uh, want you to be as funny in real life as you are in your shows? Do you, do you sort of compare your real self to your onstage self? Is that, is that ever a pressure for, for you as, a, as a, a comedic thought leader? You know what, as soon as I accept it, I know this is going, some people are not going to grab a hold of this, but that's okay, you just got more work to do. Like, as soon as I grabbed a hold of the fact of what God did for me, really, like it, my need for acceptance, like I said, dropped like significantly. And most of the time when people are looking to laugh, this is the beautiful thing that I was, I was able to see in this. When people come to my events, they're coming, or when they even see me on the streets or, and approach me and say something, they're showing up because they want to laugh, but that's not necessarily what they need, right? And God is, like, I'm really blessed with this ability to look through that and, and ask the question, well, what is it that they really need right now? So when they approach me with an expectation I can deliver that, but then also we can probably go a little deeper to find out what, like, what's really there. So I don't feel any pressure. Like, I, in fact, the person I am on stage is the same person I am. Like, there's really no difference. Like, I don't get on stage and turn on a button, and then all of a sudden it's like, yo, here we go. I have some friends who do that, and it looks exhausting. Like, you went yeah. from, hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Tom. To, hey, look at there. Tom's here. How are you? Like, that is exhausting to me. The only difference between when I'm on stage and off stage is when I'm on stage, the goal is to continue to use the funny to help people. But when I'm not on stage, I'm just looking for opportunities to help people and be of service, even if I'm at home just sitting on my couch. So it's the same one. It's just probably not as funny, but to be somebody different is just a lot, a lot of work. That's why all of the movies you see me in, and I say all of the movies, I mean, both of them, um, I'm really just being me. Like, I'm not acting like somebody else. Like, even in the selfie dad, that was pretty much me. Yeah. And then in War Room, that was me. I'm not really, I'm not as skilled as some 68-year-olds. Oh, wait, you yeah. don't have your glasses on. At some so you're not even really, really, you're not even, you're really not a good actor because you're just not, you're not even playing other characters. You're just playing yourself. That's what you're saying. See, that's why, no, I, that's why, that's why no. actors like me, we've got this gray right here. It is exhausting. We're playing other characters all yeah. the time that are not like ourselves. Yeah, yeah, cool. So you're acting like a Christian, too. Is that what you, yeah. is that, that's yeah. not what you said? I know, I know. That's what I tell, <laughs> yeah, so, so, some people like to, to, to think of me as this, you know, this guy full of faith and uh, moral character, but I tell them I'm also an actor. I could be faking the whole thing. So you got to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> You know, well, there are some good ones out there too, by the there, way. We all know them. 
I like how you use that phrase too, the, the comedic thought leader. And what I like about that is we can all be thought leaders, right? I mean, whether God's given you a gift of comedy or he's given you a musical gift or he's given you a teaching gift or he's given you a storytelling gift, we can all be thought leaders in unique categories mm. uh, according to the gifts and talents that God has given us. Could you just speak maybe to people right now who are saying, mm-hmm. saying like, you know what, I'm not academically uh, brilliant. I'm not going to grow up and be a, a nuclear physicist or, or I'm not going to be a scholar. But God's given me gifts that are maybe a little bit outside the box. Uh, I mean, I, I don't mm-hmm. think you went to uh, comedy college to be funny and successful at what you do, mm-hmm. but you recognized something and you are able to direct people's thoughts in a way that is engaging. Talk, talk to those people out there who might be listening, 100%. going like, how's God yeah. gonna use my gifts? This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you wanna find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Yeah, so the the big thing to do is a lot of times when people are trying to figure out what it is they're supposed to do or what they should be focused on, the issue is the word what. Because if you keep focusing on the mechanism, it'll be really hard to get clarity about what the thing is you should be accomplishing. So... This being the case, what I've learned, and I tell students this all the time, or people who are a little confused and they don't know where they should be at, is instead of focusing on what you should do, the key is to ask the question of who should you serve? Uh. Because if you can figure out the people who you're called to serve, and God will never say, you're supposed to serve black people and help them do this. He'll never say that. God has never spoken to me. Whenever he tells me to give money or do whatever the case is to somebody, he never says, hey, see that black girl over there? Go, go give her $100. Like, that just never happens. So your people won't have a, a, a nationality or a race. That's just not going to happen. Your people are the people who you, when you see what's going on, when you see what's happening to them, you say to yourself, somebody needs to do something about that. Like you, you just feel it inside of you. Like you just know. So I was working with my niece who's about to go to college. She's doing a gap year. And I was like, who do you want to serve? I walked her through this process. This is the same stuff I do in the course. And I said, she said she wants to work with kids. I was like, well, there's a lot of kids and a bunch of ways you can work with them. Like, what would you do? And then, and then she said, well, I want to help them. And I said, do you want to help kids with disabilities? Do you want to help kids who have um, emotional issues or kids and help them learn? Like, how do you want to help kids? And, and I set out these five cones and we put out different types of kids and said, if you could only help one group, who help? So I helped to hone in on the group, the people that you, you call to. So what I would say to everybody watching right now is who are your people? Like, what is the people group? that you know like you know you're called to, don't think about the mechanism. Don't say, hey, I wanna be a preacher, or hey, I wanna have a, a business where I sell this. At the end of anything you do, there's people at the end of it. Uh. If you're a mechanic, instead of saying, I wanna fix cars, have the mindset of, I wanna help people reach their desired destination. There's people who can't get to where they wanna go because their car is broken, and you decide, I'm going to help them get to where they wanna go. Like those would be your people. So if you focus on the people, everything else kind of falls into play because God sent his son for people, not for things, not for, not for anything other than people. And even when the Bible says, if I, you can be trusted with little, then, then I know I can trust you with more, the more is people. 
So ask the question, who am I supposed to serve? In fact, when people don't know who they're supposed to serve, they have the tendency to complain about other people who aren't doing their job. That's why you have so much political battle going on. People mad at this president. They don't like this guy. This is going on. It's because that person who's complaining, they don't know who their people are. They're, they're distracted by the confusion of not knowing what they're called to do. Focus on the people and watch what will take place. You're reflecting the, the two greatest commandments, right? To love God with all of your heart and to love people to love others as yourself. And then mm. you figure out how God's given you uh, gifts and talents. You figure out what you love to do and call that work. I think that's, that's a great plan. Yeah. Hey, Michael, after the break, uh, yeah. I want you to share with us how we can all find deeper, more focused purpose in our own punchlines. Don't miss it right after this. We're back with Michael Jr. So Michael, uh, you delivered this great TED Talk in which you talked about the elements of a comedy routine. You talk about the need for a setup and then you talk about the punchline. So uh, t tell us more mm -hmm. about that. What, 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 is, what, is, what does that mean? Well, uh, like I mentioned before, there's this, in life there's a setup and there's a punchline. Your setup is what you receive, but your punchline is about what you're called to deliver. And just like me struggling as a child with my reading and other things, even your setbacks in life are part of your setup so you can deliver the punchline you're called to deliver. It's kind of like a slingshot or a born arrow. The further you've been set back, even in life, mm. the further you can actually reach. But what are you going to aim for? You have to know what to aim for. Your purpose has nothing to do with a what. It's all about the why. I go into this in detail, believe it or not, in the middle of the comedy special that we put on YouTube. Like in, the only, one of the big reasons I wanted to create the comedy special is so people could laugh and because laughter opens up your heart. And if the heart is open, that's the best time to make a deposit. Like you're gonna retain up to 36% more of the information. That's why Super Bowl commercials are always funny because they want you to remember their product. Well, the product, of, of, which is the purpose that God has for you is so much more important. So in this comedy special, and pretty much in everything we do, we use the product of comedy to deliver so people can really understand what it is they're called to do. Because everyone has a punchline. Like everyone has a setup and there's a punchline. Yeah. Again, the setup is when a comedian makes you think one way and the punchline is when he changes it. So if you, think about, if you think about the story of Jesus, it's the greatest setup punchline story ever. Like he was the king of kings, which means everybody knows they should serve a king. That is the direction the audience would move. But what, he, what did he do? He said, no, instead of you serving me, I'm going to change the direction in a way you're not expecting. I'm going, I'm going to die on the cross for you instead of you serving me. He changed it, and the revelation as a result of that is amazing. It's the greatest setup punchline story ever. So when you look at that and you recognize that, yes, you've had some setbacks, which is part of your setup, so you can truly deliver. And I'm just blessed that with the people that I get trusted with, we get to help them do that through laughter. Yeah, and I think everybody relates to the, to the setup right? Because life just happens to us. Mm -hmm. It's just something that it's like, wow, what a, what, a right. what a crazy setup. How important is it for people to discover what their punchline is? And, and how do they do that? I mean, people say, man, I've just, I've got this whole backstory and this is, this is crazy. I know this is a great setup to something, but I just don't know what to, I don't know how to find the punchline. 
Yeah, so that's, that question is phenomenal, and that's what I've been working on for a while. So like I mentioned, we created a course called Funny How Life Works, where we actually use comedy to help people discover this exact thing. So if people go to funnyhowlifeworks.com, we can walk you through that. But just as a snippet of it, what we basically do, like, Kurt, imagine when you were in the third grade, right? You got beat up. Let's just say you got beat up in the third grade. You got in a fight, and the girl, it was a girl. She lit you up. She was in the, she was in the first grade. She lit you up, right? Right? She knocked you, and then you, your glasses. Anyway. So what will happen is when, when you're fighting, your, your brain starts to scan the scenario because you're in the midst of some pain. Your brain will scan the scenario and be like, what is most unique about this situation so I can do anything it takes to avoid it in the future? And the brain doesn't necessarily look at the right things. It just looks at anything unique. And let's say this little girl who beat you up, she got one little cricket tooth right here. Just right there, she got this little cricket tooth. And your brain picks that up and be like, bet. So then what will happen is it could be 20 years later. You meet somebody and they're, you're supposed to, they're supposed to work with you. You go ahead and do the interview. Everything's fine on paper. You talk to them on the phone. Zoom was cool. But then when you meet them face to face, you see they got a little cricket tooth. And you don't know exactly what it is, but you'll say something like, I don't know what it is, but there's something about this person I just don't like. I can't put my finger on it. The truth is, is you just had a negative experience in the past that you aren't able to recall right now that is preventing you from going to where you're supposed to go. So in our course, Funny How Life Works, we actually use the opposite. We use comedy, which is an emotion, which gives you an experience. And we attach the understanding about your purpose to it. So then even after you're done watching this course and laughing with your family, you are still attracted to other things about your purpose that you're called to do. So it helps you gravitate towards those things that God has called you to do. So we're creating neural, positive neural associations to help you break through. Because mo most of the time, the reason people aren't doing stuff is because they have something in their past, because they haven't been renewed they haven't renewed their mind or something in their past that's keeping them from breaking through. And we get to use comedy to help them break through. In fact, Rick Warren gave me a book. Actually, he didn't give it to me. I bought it myself. I was like, dude, why don't you send it to me? He told me to read it. It's called The Humor of the Christ. And um, it shows how Jesus actually did this very thing in his ministry. He used comedy to help break through people. It's just when we read the stories about Jesus, we assume that because he knew where he was going. But the truth is, it's the only thing that can truly bring you joy is to know where you're going and what you're called to do. So by all means, I would say Jesus was laughing. He was joyful because he had clarity of purpose. So that's what I want to help other people get as well. I mean, I don't want you to get up on a cross because that was already done for us. But I do want you to have joy and understand your purpose. And that's why we created things like the course, Super Pumped. You should put, the, you should put it on the bottom of the screen so people can get it. And if you buy a course, by the way, or a book, all the proceeds are actually, because there's so much stuff going on in the world, the proceeds are going to a, to a black family in America. Michael, what would you say to somebody who feels like they have missed their punchline? They've got some huge obstacle in their way right now, not even in the past, but like right now, mm -hmm. and, and they're thinking, I, I have no idea what to do with this. It's just standing in my way. How can oh, they break, break through to the answer? Yeah, so your punchline, that, that's actually confirmation that you are looking at the right thing because your punchline is all, whatever God's called you to do, it's going to be bigger than you. Mm. So the fact that it's so big and you don't know how to do it and it's bigger than you, it's proof that you just need some Proverbs 3, 5, which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So the best way to break through is to think about the next thing you should do. Most people think about the whole thing that they should do and it gets too 
it, it, it's too large for you. If you can break it down into what is the next step. So instead of saying, I'm going to build this website where we help people and we connect them in prayer and we do all of this stuff. No, search how to build a website. You actually just took one step towards doing the thing and then just take the next step. Okay, here's one right here. Square, Squarespace, for instance, not a client. I mean, not a, I'm not recommending them necessarily. And then you do that. Do the next thing. The next thing David did when he had a giant in front of him was he, he grabbed three stones. He knew about stones. He knew where to get them. He did the next thing. He didn't do the math on, man, how do you get this big, big old giant? He didn't stare at the giant. He never stared at the giant. And another note that I would give you is because you have some things in the past that have held you back before, stop looking in the past. When you drive your car, the rearview mirror is this big. You don't need to use it that much. That's why it's so small. But the windshield is huge. You should be looking out the windshield more than you're looking back. When Paul got bit by a snake and he shook the snake off and everybody thought he was going to die, that dude went to Rome afterwards. He didn't continue to talk about the snake. He never mentioned the snake again. Your past is your past. It's okay to take a glimpse, but there's something for you to move forward to. So just do the next thing. And even make a decision. Say, today I'm going to do five next things towards what I'm called to do. Mm. And just do those five next things. And I know you're not talking about just self-help stuff and how i got to figure my life out. Talk about how important the role of faith and trusting God is in being able to discover the purpose for your life. Yeah, so if you truly want to walk in your purpose, you've got to have faith because your purpose is significantly bigger than you. It mm. just is. And without faith, there's no way you'll be able to see yourself getting it done. There's, there's not a chance that you could ever get it. You can't see it. There's no way. But if you realize that you have a God who's on your side who created the universe in six days, then it's a little more doable. Now you can see those things. We're the only beings who can actually, actually go visit the future via our imagination. So you can, if you visit the future and imagine what these things is and get a feel for them and then come back to reality and start executing them, that's faith. That's what you need. I, I can't imagine you getting anything significant done in line with your purpose without God telling you to do so because he will open up some doors and more importantly, close some doors tight that shouldn't mm. be walked through. So faith is significantly important. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.